You got it, John. Good morning. This is John Richardson speaking with you from Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, April the 28th, 2023. And we are continuing today with Coach Coots, Coach David Coots, talking about uh, various topics of interest generally. And today we're talking about stress, hormones, and cortisol. So this should be interesting. So, David, what's up and why this particular topic today? Hey, John. Good to see you again. Good workout this morning. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, today we're talking a little bit about cortisol. And um, this is something that was requested from a group of mine not long ago. And it's something I've spent a lot of time on and uh, looked into a lot more. Uh, it's our stress hormone. People hear about cortisol. They think it's good or, or is it bad? Or, you know, it, there's a lot of, um, you know, unanswered questions for people out there. And I found making this little slide kind of helps with clarifying a lot of those things. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be you and me today, though. Right. So if you have questions regarding it, we'll uh, we'll stop and talk about well, it. If you find something interesting. Yeah. So why yes. don't we start? Uh, we'll start with it. Well, you see it here, right? Well, this guy looks like he's stressing out, right? And uh, yeah, he's sweating. He looks kind of stressed. And I threw in those little kidneys at the bottom there. And that's because the little little white snow caps on the top of them, that's actually your adrenal glands. That's where we're going to make our stress hormone. So moving on here, the information that I used, uh, <clears throat> I took for some good sources. So uh, three different uh, sources and, and obviously a lot more of them, but these are kind of the primary ones. I like these little clips I put here um, at the corner there. It said, as a culture, we're finally catching on to the notion that managing stress and cortisol can extend our lives, help us lose weight, and generally make us feel better in many ways. I thought that was pretty pretty profound coming from someone who uh, knows a lot about it. And that book is 20 years old, so we're still just catching up. Uh, and the other one here, numerous studies have linked uh, over-secretion of cortisol with obesity, increased abdominal fat, um, something people may, may or not know. People hear, oh, stress makes you fat. We can talk about that. Um, and then we are designed to throw racks, rocks, or racks. We're designed to throw rocks at the rabbit, not chase after it all day. I like that because people are constantly stressing, moving, running all day long, whatever it might be, not actually physically running. Uh, but we're meant for quick bursts of energy as opposed to continuously uh, burning the gas tank. So these were just some of the books I like to use um, as reference. All right, interesting. So this is something we produce in our own bodies, is cortisol. Correct, so correct. And that's the next one here we'd be looking at. And so what is cortisol? Uh, glucocorticoid or cort corticosteroid uh, is the name of it, uh, released from our adrenal glands. You can see the little uh, little purple kidneys down at the bottom here. Again, same thing. Um, it's considered our stress hormone, people will normally refer to it as. Uh, it has primary anti-inflammatory defense. That's extremely important. So, you know, instead of taking Advil's every time we get hurt, we actually have cortisol in our body to help relieve inflammation. Very, very important. And a broad blood sugar regulator. That's also probably pretty important, right? People having issues with blood sugars or diabetes, and we'll get into how that sort of ties in. Uh, big word there, hormones, right? There are a bunch of them, but this is one that tends to show up um, as a problem for people. So um how do we uh, use it exciting. how do we use it means how, what's the function of cortisol yeah exactly right like how do we uh, how do we use cortisol like we have it in us what like how do we what was it for right and in general i like to tell people like that's the main reason you're going to wake up and get going in the morning if you don't have stress hormone in your body you're not going to make adrenaline you're not going to wake up you're not going to get moving or you, you if you're moving you're barely moving and you're going to be dragging yourself right without cortisol here um 
you know, it follows the circadian rhythm. We'll talk about that in a second, um, where we, we see the sun rise and, and go, you know, sunrise and set and our energy rise and set in a sense. And we'll look at that uh, in the next slide there. Physical stress is obviously a big one. We just finished a workout. Your cortisol went up as you were training, right? It's a natural response, but it also helps you build tolerance to it. That's why exercise is very important. Um, mental stress, also very important. Uh, and then there's trauma, which can be uh, a very different type of intense stress. And that could zap your cortisol intensely. If you had a car accident or you know, a major loss in your family and you just you burn out all your stress hormone. Um, and it is the fight or flight response. Right? So you're about to be chased by a bear. It's the reason you're going to have a ton of energy and feel like you're running faster than you ever have in your life. Right? So yeah, that's kind of a rough overview of cortisol. We talked about this for a quick second. I'll go over it. This is your circadian rhythm. So you wake up in the morning, you can see that cortisol line starts to go up <clears throat> and then by mid-afternoon starts to go down. Ideally, this is how we want to see our energy flow. But you know, if we get up early in, in the middle of the night or you know, 2 a.m. or something like that, or we're burning the oil by constantly just consuming coffee, you can start to skew this and that starts to really affect your ability to have energy throughout the day and feeling like you've always kind of got to catch up. Um, and you can kind of see it in line there with melatonin. You hear people talk about that, but very important as well. If we make enough cortisol and we rest enough to re uh, create more cortisol, we actually get melatonin as well, which helps us relax and, and, uh, and sleep, especially. You ever seen the circadian rhythm there, John? No, this is a first. There's a new one for you. Okay, something to think about, right? There's a reason why the sun comes up and we wake up, right? And uh, it very much has to do with the stress hormone, right? As it goes up, uh, so does our stress. Right? As the sun goes up, so does our stress. Let's move along here. This one's kind of fun, right? So let's talk about the stress hormone then and now, right? So you see kind of top left there, we've got a lion chasing a human being. And that was probably where we would see stress the highest when we were in those times, those caveman times. It's kind of what it was for. It's a, an emergency button, if you would. Uh, we see cortisol at high levels sort of for a emergency stress response. Right uh, At the bottom there, there's a bit of a caveman dispute. I think it probably got a little more physical than that back then. But again, there was still those kinds of stresses. But you can imagine it probably wasn't nearly as stressful as being chased by the tiger or the lion there. But then we switch over to now. We see it a little bit differently. We see this woman, she doesn't even have enough arms to do all the tasks she needs to do, right? So she's trying to sign off everything, finish phone calls, get her coffee and do her laptop work, calculate some tax numbers. And meanwhile, the clock is grinding, right? She's trying to get it all done. And uh, at the bottom there, same idea. You see someone and it just looks like they're holding all their stress and their, it's, their stress is weighing them down, all those things they need to do. And the primary difference, if you see between the two of these is that you know, you'd chased by a lion should last a minute or two, right? Stress hormone lasts for a few minutes to survive and that's it. And we see today we've turned that stress hormone and we don't turn it off. We imagine that we're constantly being chased by the tiger all day long and uh, we're getting that stress button just pushed far too often. And this can start to cause problems. You know, we're overdoing it with our hormone. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, cool. All right, buddy. Moving along here. Oh, these are some good ones. So I'm a Clint Eastwood fan. So we'll go after the good, the bad, and the ugly here. And uh, so when we're talking about cortisol, uh, we think like controlling blood sugar. It can do, believe it or not, even though it's a stress hormone. Um, regulate metabolism. Uh, Anti-inflammatory, we talked about. It's very important. It can control salt and water balance. I mean, we were talking a little bit today about uh, water balance, electric balance. If you're too stressed, you're going to drop a lot of fluids. You're going to lose a lot of that balance. 
Uh, it can, that can directly as well can influence blood pressure. So it has a great influence on how our heart works. And most importantly, it gives us energy. Like I said, waking up in the morning, right? Because now we have some energy from cortisol. So, so Dave, yeah. I was the impression that either people get, some people get prescriptions for cortisol. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, in a degree, yeah, for sure. People will get, uh, you know, have high stress and they'll try and give them prescriptions to help with that. Um, there's also when you go into uh, for an emergency, go into the ER or something, they'll actually inject you with something called prednisone. And prednisone is meant for you know, reducing inflammation. And it's actually just a synthetic cortisol. So when you show up and you're in pain, they're actually going to inject you with the same stuff that your body can make. Right. And the less of it we make, the less we have the ability to fight off things. Right. But when we look at the bad, <clears throat> so now we've exacerbated this hormone a little bit and it's not doing what it should. We can see things like poor memory, pretty common. So there's obviously a correlation to, you know, dementia and those types of things when we're looking at excessive cortisol, um, inflammation, aches and pains, right? So you're, I mean, like I said, you're no longer having your body's natural Advil or, or anti-inflammatory. So you might get more aches and pains just because you're lacking this hormone um, or making too much of it. So your body's not absorbing it. Um, electrolyte imbalance to talk about that again so now all of a sudden you're not able to hold salts and fluids and a magnesium to help calm your nervous system those kinds of things are important that affects blood pressure uh in in other ways as well and then poor blood sugar management because we talked about how cortisol can help managing it so now when it's out of whack we're seeing problems with with those kinds of things and then obviously it's not a clint eastwood movie without the ugly, right? And this is pretty freaking ugly, in my opinion. It's why I actually started on this, because uh, I realized, you know, this is so deep, and people don't realize it. But at the top there, I have cancer. And why do I have cancer? Well, it's not a carcinogen. You know, cortisol is not going to necessarily create cancer on its own. But if you have cancer, and a lot of people talk about how we all have cancer, it's a common saying, people like to say, we all have cancer within us. And it's our ability to fight it off that keeps it from expressing. And if you don't have that main cortisol, that main anti-inflammatory, that main blood sugar regulator, um, you're going to have a hard time fighting off cancer. So it's a really, really, really big reason why people will end up in that situation is because they've lost their own ability to fight. Right. And then with diabetes, we see this as well. If people have high blood sugar. Right. Uh, and now they can't absorb that uh, insulin that they keep pumping. Uh, it's in the system. So our body's like, okay, cortisol, we're going to make more of it to break down sugar. We need sugar. Meanwhile, there's already, already a ton of insulin in our system and now we're doubling up. So you can end up diabetic by having too much cortisol. So it's kind of nuts. Right. And, uh, and that's very, very much the truth, um, behind a lot of, uh, weird diabetic. Oh, wow. I'm diabetic all of a sudden. It's like, well, if you had high, high stress for a long time, you may not realize how high your blood sugars were. Heart disease. Obviously that makes sense. We talked about how it regulates the heart. And then, of course, depression. I mean, you don't have this anti-inflammatory. You don't have this energy to get you going anymore. So it'll affect your mood, right? So that's kind of the ugliest of, of what cortisol does when it's down to its worst, right? And uh, next up here, we kind of differentiate a bit of both. So we talk about low cortisol or we talk about high cortisol, um, two different uh different states, if you would. Low cortisol is a little more extreme. This is when we're pretty much run out of juice. I put no gas in the tank there. Uh, we are running out of cortisol. We have a lot of fatigue, a lot of weight loss. We have poor immune system, can't even fight off a cold kind of idea. Craving salt seemed to be a very common symptom that they talked about with low cortisol. So one of the differences between the two, and that probably makes sense. You know, we talked about electrolytes. You're not even holding salt anymore. You can't even hold it. So you're just craving salt. Um, you'll feel burnt out. There's zero stress tolerance, you know, the alarm will go off and you feel like you could take an hour to bring your heart rate down. 
Um, and that's very common uh, with something like low cortisol. And that can create uh, its way to something called Addison's disease, which is related to uh, having almost no or low cortisol there. What is Addison's disease? Addison's is basically what they call it when you're at that highest level of low cortisol, right? And uh, the symptoms there are kind of similar to what you're seeing there, but, uh, and that's, that's how they'll diagnose it once you're in one of these stages. So they won't say, so you're sure you're suffering from low cortisol. They might just say, hey, you have Addison's disease, right? Um, and then high cortisol, permaflight mode, I like to say. Uh, so you're wired and fatigued. I mean, it makes no sense, but you know, you'll have s some moments where you're really juiced up and then some moments where you can't, can't seem to wake up. Um, difficulty sleeping, decreased sex drive and testosterone. It's a really big one. We'll talk a little bit about that, but cortisol is one of those big, big reasons to why testosterone is a problem these days. Uh, bad memory, poor concentration, similar to low cortisol, but not quite to that stage yet. Hyperglycemia, we're seeing blood sugar issues, high blood pressure. We talked about that muscle loss in the legs and the butt, especially you see that a lot. Um, inflammation, huge, right? Because now we're not fighting it off. So we've got a lot of inflammation. This was an interesting one that showed up a few times, 2 to 2.30 a.m. wake up. So apparently if you're suffering from high cortisol, that can be very common. You seem to always wake up at 2 or 2.30. A lot of times people feel like they need to go to the washroom, right? Because the adrenals there we talked about are sitting on top of the kidneys, which is going to regulate fluids. Um, and then weight gain and then what they call high cortisol, they refer to as Cushing syndrome. Right? Same idea, but just a different. You can see the funny pictures there. <laughs> I tried to give you a differentiation of low cortisol. This woman's trying to drink coffee before she's even awake. High cortisol. This guy is clearly wired and it's really early in the morning. Right. And uh, what can we do about it? By this time, you probably feel like, damn it, Dave, I'm dying from cortisol, right? And that's just not the truth, right? Like, if that's just sort of looking at the good, bad, and ugly, allowing you to know what can happen if we don't have enough or we're making too much cortisol. And so with cortisol and diet, it can be a major factor in how we can tolerate stress. So if we're adding things, why not add things like anti-inflammatory foods, foods that actually work just like, a, like an Advil almost, where it helps reduce our inflammation but gives us nutrients instead? Omega-3 fatty acids, you see that. Omega-3 supplements are very popular now. Fish oils, very good for reducing inflammation, good for the brain. Uh, superfoods, I recommended a few here, but there's a lot of them. You know, berries are exceptionally powerful for nutrients and antioxidants. Seeds loaded with all kinds of nutrients. Selenium, stuff that helps fight cancer and zinc, very good for testosterone. Reishi mushrooms is a new one for me. Last few years, I've been using reishi mushrooms with a lot of success. Great for stress, uh, great for your immune system. Um, turmeric, you've probably heard of, it's that orange uh, looking root that makes your hands yellow. Great for inflammation. They're researching that these days to see how good it is in terms of like Advil even, right? It's very strong stuff uh, when used correctly. Cruciferous vegetables. There's uh, yeah, there's a few on here. We got some Brussels sprouts and some broccoli. Those are our cruciferous. They help with reducing estrogen and help with uh, sulforaphane and stuff to help with breaking down carcinogens uh, and reducing estrogens. So quality tea and coffee, um, pretty important, the word quality there. You could drink your Tetley teas if you wanted to. I, I wouldn't recommend it every day all the time because a lot of times they use bleached tea bags. Uh, and then they're probably using low quality tea leaves that have probably been sprayed in some kind of pesticide. So finding a quality tea and then with coffee, it's the number one sprayed compound in the world. So find a place that gives you some organic coffee and you're already helping your body reduce stress by not feeding it toxins. Right. Um, and then quality meat and vegetables. I can push this a fair bit away as well. Like if it's been sprayed and it's not organic, you're going to have to fight off those pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, those kinds of things. And meat that is grass fed, 
it's loaded with nutrients. And sometimes meats can be pumped with an antibiotics and things that are also very bad for us. So again, quality, very important word there if we're adding good things to help fight inflammation. Clean water. And I thought I'd put that in there. No one talks about it, but get a good filter. Make sure you're drinking quality water, right? So those are things you can add to help bring your stress down. What do you think now, of tap water, Toronto <clears throat> tap you know what? Everyone talks about Toronto tap water being superior. I would love to find a lab so I could take some water and take it in and see what's in it. Um, I don't see it being the worst in the world, obviously, but I still bet you that there's not everything we need in that water. So I actually have a Santivia filter. I just fill it up with the tap water and I drink that. It also adds a few extra uh, healthy minerals as well to your water, which is a, a big benefit. So um, something you can add to as well, especially if you're like, hey, you know what? I want to go all the way out and change my diet to help reduce stress or whatever it is you may be suffering from. Clean water can make a big, big difference. Um, and it depends on where you are in the world, too. Some people don't, unfortunately, have clean water. Um, but what can we reduce? Right. So kind of the opposite of the other side there. Well, let's reduce inflammatory foods, you know, things that will really spike your cortisol, right? Things that uh, omega-6 fatty acids we talk about there, hydrogenated fats, that'll spike your cortisol. Uh, also do a number on your system. Burnt food it was funny. The last conversation I had about this, she was so surprised that that's a problem. It's like, yeah, burnt food or black, you know, that dark charcoal stuff that's been shown to be cancerous or carcinogenic anyways. It's hard on the body to break down. So if you were eating roasted, dark, black, everything all the time, you're really, really hard on your system, right? Um, then there's sugar and processed sugar, right? That's a pretty common one if people don't already know that. Processed foods as well. Uh, and then we also have gluten and dairy uh, what's under processed foods there, John? I got this covered up. What's under processed food? Oh, alcohol. Alcohol. God, I can't miss that. Right. Word. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's really hard on the system. Right. Um, grapes, not so bad. But once we ferment those grapes, we turn it into alcohol. Uh, it's a huge stress on the body. So um, there has been some changes to our um allowances with alcohol that they've made recommendations for and that kind of makes sense because the more alcohol you drink the harder it is on your body your liver and it's a big stress so if you're someone who's already suffering from stress removing alcohol could help a lot sure. yeah all right buddy so what about our lifestyle right what can we do for cortisol and lifestyle well same idea we can add some things in you can do yoga very calming tai chi you know, restful, moving, breathing, meditation and mindfulness, same idea, breathing, but also working on your mindset, which is a lot of the reasons why we end up with stress. We're thinking about the wrong things. Gratitude can fix your attitude. I love that, right? So work on uh, on what you love and thinking about it regularly. You know, if you're uh, in the worst mood ever, you've had this horrible work scenario, try and remember the things that are amazing in life that you're grateful for. That can really switch your mental state to a less cortisol state. Um, mental toughness, something I love to do. And I learned years ago, um, similar idea working kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy, working on, you know, self-efficacy and problem solving and purpose in life. Those things can really help, uh, exercise. You hear a lot of people say, take walks. If you're stressed, of course, even if you had COVID, I would tell people go for walks, right. That helps with reducing stress, helps with circulation can really help rejuvenate the body. So walks are great. Um, but what comes to exercise, short, moderate weights, high part hypertrophy or pump work uh, is fun stuff. You know, you're just getting a squeeze, maybe eight to 12 reps, that kind of stuff, because really, really heavy weights in the gym will really stress your body. Right. So it's something we don't want to do too much of. Make sure you get seven to nine hours of sleep. Right. Big one if you can. Right. Huge to help keep the body in a less stress state and you recover well. Uh, belly breathing. If we really had to get down to it and you wanted to know, Dave, I don't know. Am I stressing or not? So, well, you can put a hand on your chest and hand on your belly. 
And if you, all you notice is that your chest is constantly inflating and fairly quickly, then you're probably in a stress state, right? That's how we feel when we're being chased, <laughs> right? And if that's the case, your cortisol is probably up. So you want to have that conscious belly breathing. You can even close your eyes for one minute, 10 big belly breaths, and that can massively change your stress. Right? So what can we reduce? Well, binge eating and drinking. That's a pretty easy one. If you're not having a 2-4 of uh, Molson Canadian, that'll take some stress off your body. Uh, binge eating, same idea. Eating a whole birthday cake, super hard on the body, right? Excessive physical work, right? You know, people do that as well. They don't put down the work tools or they just keep working away. Worrying and overthinking. Probably know someone in your life that worries or overthinks, right? And that's, again, a huge stress on the body. Uh, we have short chest breathing. We talked about that a little bit. Inactivity, right? So just not being active at all. It's going to be hard on the body. You don't have any tolerance to stress. You never stress it at all, right? Uh, negative thinking, that kind of goes across over to gratitude there. If you're not thinking about gratitude, you're probably thinking something negative. Um, late nights, right? Those 2, 3 AMers where you didn't get enough sleep. Uh, excess drama, right? Maybe you need to learn a bit about the drama triangle and get yourself out of that uh, that drama state. Uh, and then news and negative TV, especially over COVID, I was really getting people to turn off their television, right? It was just stressing them out. I talk to them and they feel like the world's falling apart because they're watching CNN or something, right? But these are some stress things. Do any of these relate to you there, John? Um, on both sides, yeah. A little bit on both. And that's perfect. Because now you got a bit of a list. You can look at like, hey, if I'm in feeling stressed, what can I add or what can I take away, right? Or things you haven't tried that you can add in there or things you haven't tried taking away, you can get rid of there. And if you're obsessed with the news and watching your favorite uh, conservative party every day, let's move along here. Cortisol and supplements. This is something that uh, I've done with for years, 10 plus years now, where I'm using supplementation to help people, whether it's multivitamins for nutrients. But yeah, believe it or not, I give cortisols for stress as well, uh, sorry, supplements for cortisol and stress as well. Um, at the top there, we've talked about it a little bit. You hear me talk about it until I'm blue in the face, probably until I die, is to make sure people get enough magnesium. Um, and that's just a common deficiency. It can help calm your nervous, uh, nervous system and help reduce hyper-responsiveness. And that could be, you know, some people all of a sudden something goes wrong and they find they overreact to things. That could be a really helpful thing. Reishi mushroom, we talked about there, great for fighting all kinds of things, boosting immunity and uh, buffering cortisol. Curcumin. Talked about that through turmeric. Curcumin comes from turmeric. It's a great anti-inflammatory, natural anti-inflammatory. So you don't have to live on those hard on the stomach uh, Advils and all that kind of stuff. Phosphylserine won't get into that too uh, too much, but that's an awesome supplement that can help low uh, cortisol secretion, improve your brain health. That's a cool one. Uh, omega threes. You see this again. So something you're seeing some commonalities here. Take your magnesium. Take your omega threes, or eat a lot more fish and seafood uh, to help improve dopamine and cognition. Uh, taurine, another good one, helps with GABA. That's a neurotransmitter, help us sleep. And ashwagandha, I've never used, but I've had a lot of people talk well about the herb ashwagandha, known as the vitalizer, right? So something you look at, like, I don't understand. Most of these don't use half these. Well, the problem is you're probably never going to get these recommended by your doctor. And yet they can be as powerful or more powerful than things they may send you home with, right? So uh, I definitely why I wanted to put up this list. If it's someone who's suffering from high cortisol, feel like there's just really stressed, you could start having some magnesium in the evening, maybe take some curcumin for your achy joints, uh, maybe take some omega-3 fish oils on a regular basis, start feeling that cognitive decline uh, increase, as well as uh, phosphoserine. If you're really stuck and really want to feel the, the difference of having less cortisol, that kind of stuff can cut it right down. Um, so interesting things that I've used most of these over the years. 
Adds uh, supplements, right? <clears throat> Very important. Right, let's do it. All right. Cortisol takeaways, right? So ran through it pretty quickly there, but addressing cortisol can dramatically improve your health, reduce your body fat, reduce pain and inflammation, extend your life, reduce illness, and make you more resilient. It's how it sounds like I'm selling something here, John, right? Like I'm trying. Sounds like what? Sorry. Sounds like it might be a good thing. Yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe reducing cortisol is good for me. Do I want any of those things? Dramatically improving my health, extending my life, reducing all. Yeah, I think maybe something we aim for. And then you got this random pictures of people over the side here. But this is when I did my presentation. I wanted to give some of those people an idea of what I've been doing. This is, God, these are like 10 years old, these two. But um, Sarah at the top there, I met her and she was a busy mom. Uh, former athlete, but she just hadn't hadn't been able to get it together for a while. She was suffering from some autoimmune issues. And so teaching her how to eat more clean, a paleolithic style, reducing her stress, taking proper supplements made a massive change in her life. And she's now to a point where she pushes it on her family. They're eating healthier, buying healthier things. Um, and she's now in Texas helping youth with fitness and activity. So I was very happy to see that she you know, pursued that, right? Once she did better herself physically, she went on and started to help others. And so that was a great story with her. That there was probably six six months to a year or so of work for her um, after having her second child. Um, and then there in the bottom, there's my buddy, Adam, right? And he came to me a couple of times. This was the second time. And he's like, I got to lose weight, but I need to do it in a couple months. And I was like, okay, well, it's doable, right? I don't recommend it. I prefer Sarah's strategy up there. She kept it off, stays with it, improved her lifestyle. But with Adam, we grinded it for two, two and a half months. I gave him some pretty strict things. He followed it to the T and he lost 23 pounds in two and a half months. And a lot of that wasn't because I'm like, okay, we're counting. That's what the big thing here was saying to people is like, I didn't get them to count calories. Instead, I addressed their stress and the foods that may be stressing them and their sleep, which is also going to stress them if they're not doing well enough. And we started seeing positive results. And so for me, that's how I address stress. And what I'm actually using this information for is for clients just like them and to help use this information to get them healthier. And something I think everybody can use some of this information to make better choices and reduce stress in their life. Right? John, you look uh, perplexed. Well, what do you think here, buddy? I think simplicity is virtue. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that uh, the key here is just to find, three, you know, a few small things that you can do consistently without too much trouble. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, so you don't even know you're making a change, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we went back to some of the food suggestions, you add a few of those, uh, maybe take away a few of them lifestyle you're like yeah you know what i do watch too much news i am always doing too much uh physical work before bed and i'm not getting my seven to nine hours sleep so if you start to look at those and like where could you add or take away things you can start to get massive reductions in stress and that as we saw before when we get to the ugly it's not somewhere you want to be right even if you're at the bad where you've just got some aches and pains and you're low on energy that's still not somewhere we want to be right so some of these simple tips can make a huge difference for people for sure. so this is the uh, you know, part of the, the sort of booklet, if you will, of, of healthy living. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, people sometimes ask me, is like, Coots, what's your secret, right? Like, what's your secret for fat loss or your secret for fitness or whatever it is? It's understanding the little bit that I do, endocrinology or hormones, stress hormones, insulin, 
growth hormone. Those are things our body make no matter what, no matter how much we eat, no matter how much we stress, no matter how much we try to try the new fanciest diet. So the more you try to fight against these hormones, the harder time you're going to have. So understanding them with a healthy diet and a lifestyle can really just accelerate your results. Right. Sure. And then, uh, and that's it there, buddy. Thank you for your time here, John. Great presentation. Well, it was a little quicker, but uh, I thought I'd run through it there and hopefully you took away a few things for yourself or other people will if they listen to this. Absolutely. That was great. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, what's the next presentation then? The next presentation, I don't know. The last one I did uh, was on sleep and that kind of led me to going into cortisol. And I did dive a little bit into blood sugars here, but I feel like because if I were to say there's two hormones people need to take care of to really choose uh, how to take care of their health, it would be cortisol and insulin. So maybe I'll do one on insulin. And that's where we talk a little bit more about how diabetes can happen. The pancreas. We, we haven't really done a focused sleep one, I think, have we? You and I know, but I still have the uh, the PDFs. Why don't we do that one next? Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. I'll, I'll review it again. It's been a month or two, but yeah, it's great. It's it's a good one to start looking at how how can we address sleep? How can we fall asleep for well, a better amount of time? I can tell you, I don't I don't sleep. I mean, I was just cringing looking at that seven to nine hour thing. Let alone seven to nine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we can work on there, but absolutely. And then with the sleep uh, presentation there, I have a lot more obviously suggestions on how to improve sleep, but it's funny enough. I talk about similar things. I talk again about the circadian rhythm. Why is that important? Well, if you're burning all the oil in the beginning of the day and then you're crashing and then all of a sudden it's evening time, but you're waking up again. So following that circadian cycle is very important to having quality sleep as well. But then of course, getting into you know supplementation lifestyle practices. And that's kind of what led into the stress talk was that if you are on high stress, just like that gentleman earlier, your eyes are open, you can't seem to fall asleep. Then that's something you need to address to help sleep. Definitely. But yeah, we'll do one on sleep. Absolutely. You and I will do the sleep chat. We'll do sleep next, but uh, that was great, and uh, thanks for sharing all that. And uh, oh, you're welcome, sir. together. You got it, buddy. Try and uh, try and do some things to help with your stress here. Yeah. And uh, where generally would people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me at uh, coachcoots.com. You know, Instagram is coachcoots. Uh, everything's coachcoots except for Twitter, where they stole it 20 years ago. So I'm the real or real coach coots on Twitter. If you're looking on Twitter. Huh? Absolutely. The yeah. real one. <laughs> there is no substitute. No, no. <laughs> great right, stuff. That's, that's great, David. Thanks very much. So we'll pick up with sleep next time. You got it. 100%, John.